Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. You probably don't know who Claire Herbert Woolston and George Frederick Root are. But you might remember their song written in 1895, Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And welcome back to today's part of our journey through the Bible, starting a new Old Testament book. And that's what we do here. Read through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories a little bit along the way. And in our New Testament segment, we hear a couple more stories of Jesus teaching, discipling, what it means to be a follower. And this, of course, sometimes means dealing with the realities of life in a messy world, which unfortunately includes divorce. As we read this first chunk about divorce, keep in mind maybe the theme from today which comes from the second little chunk that he's going to teach. God's kingdom belongs to those who realize they have nothing to bring and everything to receive. Mark chapter 10, picking up in verse 1. He set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, What did Moses command you? Pause. I'm just going to say this. The idea of being asked a question and responding with a question is a good communication tactic, number one. But what did he do? He pointed them back to Scripture. Continuing. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, He wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. And that gets us up through verse 16. A little shorter New Testament segment because we get a little longer Old Testament segment to get through. But let me wrap up 
that section saying this. I like the way John Piper put it. Death is usually a clean pain. Divorce is usually dirty pain. My friends, when Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God, what was his main point? It's not about the blessedness of children, even though that's true. It's that God's kingdom belongs to those who realize they have nothing to bring and everything to receive. And with that, let's talk about receiving, in this case, a calling. Turning to our Old Testament segment, we begin the book of Ezekiel, which is one I used to dread reading, but now I love it. Uh, In fact, this will be the second time I've read it so far this year. And as you will hear, Ezekiel could have started serving in the temple according to the Levitical rules, which you would find in Numbers chapter 4, which stipulated that he couldn't begin serving until he was aged 30. But God had a different plan. Ezekiel was called to serve as God's prophet in Babylon. He's in captivity now. So keep that in mind. He's writing this from the perspective of being in captivity. But that didn't keep the heavens from opening so that he could see the glory of God. Ezekiel chapter 1, and then I'll make another comment to transition to the next section. In the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's exile, the word of the Lord came directly to the priest Ezekiel, son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Kibar Canal. The Lord's hand was on him there. I looked. And there was a whirlwind coming from the north, a huge cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. In the center of the fire, there was a gleam like amber. The likeness of four living creatures came from it, and this was their appearance. They looked something like a human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze. They had human hands under their wings on the four sides. All four of them had faces and wings, and their wings were touching. The creatures didn't turn as they moved. Each one went straight ahead. Their faces looked something like the face of a human, and each of the four had the face of a lion on the right, the face of an ox on the left, and the face of an eagle. That is what their faces were like. Their wings were spread upward. Each had two wings touching that of another and two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the Spirit, capital S, wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went without turning as they moved. The likeness of the living creatures was like the appearance of blazing coals of fire or like torches. Fire was moving back and forth between the creatures and it was bright with lightning coming out of it. The creatures were darting back and forth like flashes of lightning. When I looked at the living creatures, there was one wheel on the ground beside each of the four-faced creatures. The appearance of the wheels and their craftsmanship was like the gleam of barrel, and all four had the same likeness. Their appearance and craftsmanship was like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they went in 
any of the four directions without turning as they moved. Their four rims were tall and awe-inspiring, completely covered with eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels moved beside them, and when the creatures rose from the earth, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, the creatures went in the direction the spirit was moving. The wheels rose alongside them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures moved, the wheels moved. When the creatures stopped, the wheels stopped. And when the creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose alongside them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Over the heads of the living creatures, the likeness of an expanse was spread out. It gleamed like awe-inspiring crystal. Under the expanse, their wings extended toward one another. They each also had two wings covering their bodies. When they moved, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of a huge torrent, like the voice of the Almighty, and a sound of tumult like the noise of an army. When they stopped, they lowered their wings. A voice came from the expanse over their heads. When they stopped, they lowered their wings. Something like a throne with the appearance of lapis lazuli was above the expanse over their heads. On the throne high above was someone who looked like a human. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down, I also saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the likeness of God's glory. When I saw it, I fell face down and heard a voice speaking. All right, I'm just going to pause for a second, my friends. Useful to... Even if we don't get the imagery, and frankly, nobody does... There's lots of people who speculate, but I think it's just useful for us to take in God's word because someday it'll make sense. But it's useful to remember, even in discipline, God does not abandon his people, but sustains them for the sake of his glory, right? God's kingdom, and I think you'll hear this in the next section, God's kingdom belongs to those who realize they have nothing to bring and everything to receive, right? God provides everything that his messengers need to take his message, his entire message to all the places and peoples to which he sends them. And my friends, that includes you. You might not be called like a prophet, like an Old Testament prophet, but this is important. All right, we'll finish up our Old Testament reading. Ezekiel chapter two. He said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet, and I listened to the one who was speaking to me. He said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to the rebellious pagans who have rebelled against me. The Israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this day. The descendants are obstinate and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them, and you must say to them, This is what the Lord God says. And you are to say that whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are a rebellious house, but they will know that a prophet has been among them. But you, son of man, do not be afraid of them and do not be afraid of their words. 
Even though briars and thorns are beside you and you live among scorpions, don't be afraid of their words or be discouraged by the look on their faces, for they are a rebellious house. Speak my words to them whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are rebellious. And you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. So I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and there was a scroll, a written scroll, in it. When he unrolled it before me, it was written on the front and the back, words of lamentation, mourning, and woe were written on it. He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find here. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. Son of man, he said to me, feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll I am giving you. So I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of unintelligible speech or a difficult language, but to the house of Israel. Not to the many peoples of unintelligible speech or a difficult language whose words you cannot understand. No doubt if I sent you to them, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not listen to you because they don't want to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hard-headed and hard-hearted. Look, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. I have made your forehead like a diamond, harder than flint. Don't be afraid of them or discouraged by the look on their faces, though they are a rebellious house. Next, he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully to all my words that I speak to you and take them to heart. Go to your people, the exiles, and speak to them. Tell them, this is what the Lord God says, whether they listen or refuse to listen. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard a loud rumbling behind me. Bless the glory of the Lord in this place. With the sound of the living creature's wings brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound, the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. I left in bitterness and in an angry spirit, and the Lord's hand was on me powerfully. I came to the exiles at Tel Abib, who were living by the Kibar Canal, and I sat there among them, stunned for seven days. Now at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman over the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him, you don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person will die for his iniquity, yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn a wicked person and he does not turn away from his wickedness or his wicked way, he will die for his iniquity, but you will have rescued yourself. Now, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly, and I put a stumbling block in front of him, he will die. If you do not warn him, he will die because of his sin, and the righteous acts he did will not be remembered. Yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. 
But if you warn the righteous person that he should not sin, and he does not sin, he will indeed live, because he listened to your warning, and you will have rescued yourself. The hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up, go out to the plain, and I will speak with you there. So I got up and went out to the plain. The Lord's glory was present there, like the glory I had seen by the Kibar Canal, and I fell face down. The Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. He spoke with me and said, Go, shut yourself inside your house. As for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go out with among them. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth, and you will be mute and unable to be a mediator for them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you will say to them, This is what the Lord says, Let the one who listens listen, and let the one who refuses refuse, for they are a rebellious house. And my friends, that is Ezekiel up through chapter 3. You know, we might, my friends, be given a difficult ministry or a message. But do not doubt that we will be given divine means. Remember, God's kingdom belongs to those who realize they have nothing to bring and everything to receive. And what you do matters. And... I think this is a good transition to our wisdom segment today. Proverbs chapter 11 begins a stretch of Proverbs that contrast the nature and destiny of the righteous and the wicked. We pick up at verse 1 of chapter 11. Dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord, but an accurate weight is his delight. When arrogance comes, disgrace follows, but with humility comes wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the perversity of the treacherous destroys them. Wealth is not profitable on a day of wrath, but righteousness rescues from death. And that gets us up through verse 4. So maybe we'll leave it right there and then just pray. Friend, is your righteousness sufficient to save you from death? (laughs) That's a rhetorical question, by the way. Good thing red or yellow, black or white, you are precious in his sight. And Jesus loves the little children of the world, which is really a lesson in God's kingdom belonging to those who realize they have nothing to bring and everything to receive. Lord God, I... I need you. And I am no Ezekiel, Lord, but I recognize that it's a weighty matter to comment on your word in in hopes that it brings life, clarity, depth of understanding to those listening. And Lord, I just want to pray for those who are listening. Lord, I pray that your word would sink deeply into our hearts. And as we read Ezekiel, Lord, I just pray that that you would help this be something that the Holy Spirit can use at some point in time and that you will illuminate. Lord, that we will avoid speculation 
about crazy or fantastical stuff, but that we recognize and we respond in obedience to the fact that you have spoken and it's here for a reason, even if we don't know what that is. We love you, Lord, because we recognize that all good things come from you, not least of which is the amazing grace of your son dying in our place because we can't save ourselves. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.